Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed.
good to eat, and you're just so hungry. And the same kind of thing with, with, with thirst. You know, on a real hot summer day, maybe you're working in the yard, and you've been out there for a few hours, and all you want is a cold drink of water, or a cold drink of something that you know that will cut through the gunk that's built up in your mouth and in your throat. And, you know, you just want a cold drink. And the thing about hunger and thirst is they're, they're active. There's nothing passive about hunger. There's nothing passive about thirst, is there? When you're hungry and when you're thirsty, it's, it causes an activity to happen inside your body, inside your mind. You, you can't wait to eat. You can't wait to drink. Our body has a physical reaction to it. it is, hunger and thirst are very active things. There's nothing passive about either one of those things. And they drive such physical desires that they're, they're hard to turn off or they're hard to deny, aren't they? When you're hungry, you want to eat. When you're thirsty, you want to drink. And sometimes you need to do both just to sustain energy and, and life and, 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 and health. We need to eat and we need to drink. We know we can't go without either one of those for a very long time. Hunger and thirst are active things. Now, most of us here have heard of the old saying, you are what you eat. And right now you're thinking about your dinner or your lunch, aren't you? Or maybe the last few meals. Or maybe the last couple of years of meals. And maybe you're even wondering what people are thinking of you now, What you know, if they know what you eat. You are what you eat. So when that means when you consume something consistently, not only does it fill you up, it forms you. Not only does it fill you up, it forms you. And another way is just to say this, what feeds you, fills you, and forms you. So it fills you, it forms you, it forms what you look like, it forms what you act like, it forms your flexibility, your strength, your vitality, your health, and ultimately, your life. You are what you need in a lot of ways. And remember, you know, Hunger and thirst are our active things. So we actively pursue these things. Because we need to eat, but we also have other compulsions, don't we? Other things that drive us. You know, Oreo cookies drives me. You know, those, any cookie really. It doesn't have to be Oreos. Any cookie drives me. Get a, give me some cookies and it's going to make me want to consume them. Whether, and I don't know if I look like a cookie, but I might. I just want to. Jesus says this, because it's the same way about spiritual hunger. We want to make this transition. What fills you, forms you. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be 
fulfilled. That is an action with a promise. That is an action with a, with a promise. Jesus is saying, boy, if you hunger and you thirst for righteousness, you're going to be filled. And if we want to go along with the term, I just use the Lord, but we're going to be formed as well. Let's take this scripture apart like I like to do. Uh, the Greek word for hunger means to crave, to be famished, to be in a state of hunger. To desire strongly, to pine for. That's a word that we don't use very often nowadays. But the pine for means that there's this deep longing that can't be satisfied. The, the Greek word for thirst means to get this painfully feel and suffer for. Painfully feel and suffer for. Long for. Greatly desire. Thirsting so much that it hurts. That it hurts. Righteousness. Basically, we can just sum it up as being right standing with God. Being in right relationship with God. Righteousness does that for us. It puts us in a state of right standing with God. And the Greek word fulfill means to, to, supply, to supply the food. And actually, actually, in a literal sense, it means to supply with grain and grass and all the things that animals eat. Think sheep. Think sheep. It means to do that, it means to fatten up. It means the ability to gorge oneself. That's pretty cool. That means to be filled in this case, to be satisfied in this case, means to be to stuff it in and keep on stuffing it in. Keep on stuffing it in. This is how much we're going to be filled when we hunger. And when we thirst, we're going to be formed. We're going to be filled. We're going to be stuck with righteousness. And Jesus says that a blessed life is a hungry life. A hungry for God life. To crave, to desire, to painfully desire, to pine for, to long for, to thirst for a deep, right relationship with a God. Get this. With a God who is hungry for a relationship with us. Think about that for a minute. That God is hungry, longs for, desires for a right relationship with us, for, for an ongoing, deep, abiding relationship that He continuously calls us in. And He has done this for a long, long time. God's hunger is displayed or is demonstrated by His choices. Ephesians 1 4. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. Way before anything was ever created. Anything created. There was love. And God established us in that love to make us holy and blameless because He chose us I just love that about God. That His choices demonstrate His hunger to be in relationship with us. That, that, that before everything was created, before anything was created, He chose us. He chose you. He chose us. Wow, man, I think that is just beautiful. John 15, 16 kind of re uh, 
read, uh, Jesus says it this way. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Again, God demonstrates himself. Jesus demonstrated his hunger for us by choosing us, by delighting us. That I love being chosen. I love being a chosen son of God. I, I, I love the freedom that that produces in my heart. That freedom that it produces in my life. And what it also produces is a hunger to know God. Knowing that I've been chosen. Knowing that I've been set apart. Knowing that I've been called from out of darkness into His marvelous light. I am chosen. You are chosen. And that it is. it reminds me in... In the 37 years that I was married to Christine, we had we had some, like most Americans, we had certain rules about how we would argue and how we would discuss things that were very uncomfortable. And there was three statements that we always said throughout any disagreement that we had. Because the intent was not to win the argument, the intent was to win each other's heart. And that, that was our mindset. So we had these three statements that, that we used consistently consistently throughout the 37 years that we were married. And when we did marriage counseling, we told, taught people how to use these things. And the first one was, is, I forgive you. The second one was, please forgive me. And the third one, which we use outside of hard Discussions. We used it all the time when, when life was just difficult. And even if it wasn't about us having a disagreement or, or a misunderstanding, we used this statement all the time. Even in romantic, romantic times, we would use this statement, and I think it's the most powerful one because it honors and reflects God's heart. I choose you. We consistently said that to each other. No matter what. If we were having an argument and we were not seeing eye to eye, we would say those three statements, but the one that we concentrated on a lot was, I choose you. Over my, what I think is my right to be right. I choose you. And then we would use it when, when the world seemed to be against us, you know, and, you know the enemy was attacking us, you know, and, and trying to say lies to us. We would just remind ourselves, no, 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 no. I choose you. I choose you over ministry. I choose you over family. I choose you over work. I choose you over friends. I, I choose you. You're my love. And this is what, this is the power of, of choice here. Because choice makes you hungry. Because every time we said that to each other, we just we fell in love with each other more. Because it, what, what it, was, it was choosing this way is an invitation to know each other. Choosing each other. They're powerful words. It's a, it's a loving declaration of how hungry you are for deep connection with someone. And God consistently sends His message over and over throughout the, His Word. He desires, He longs for, He hungers for your heart, my heart, to be one with His heart. He chooses us. He hungers for us. 
So what am I really saying here? Listen to me. Listen very closely to this. Spiritual hunger is not about more Bible study. Spiritual hunger is not about more prayer time. Spiritual hunger is not about going to church more. Having fellowship more. Now, those are great spiritual practices and we need to implement them into our lives and they need to be a daily part of that. I'm not saying that we don't do those things. I'm saying that is not spiritual hunger. Because I think all of us have seen examples in the news of spiritual people who have invested in all three of those things that do not hunger for God. They have many claims to prove that. They have many mansions to prove that. That's all I'm saying about it. <laughs> Again, these, these are sacred practices. Reading the Word, praying, you know, <laughs> worshiping. These are, these are sacred practices. These are, these are essential in the lives of sons and daughters. They are. But I believe that they're a result of a hunger for God. Because mm -hmm. I believe, see the subtitle of my message today was, what's love got to do with it? And I won't say it. Because I believe a spiritual hunger for God is motivated by love. A love that goes beyond what I used to hunger and thirst for. Way beyond what I used to hunger and thirst for. It's a hunger and thirst for more of Jesus in my life, more of God in my life, more of the Holy Spirit in my life. This love fuels a hunger for more of my Father, more of His ways in my life. This hunger produces a love that, that puts self-interest in the backseat out of my mind and it helps me to focus on the Father's ways, on the Father's will, on the Father's heart. And it makes me hungrier and hungrier and hungrier for more of it because I can't live without it. And I need it to fill me. And I need it to form me. I need that kind of hunger. I need that kind of hunger. Jesus says it this way. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has someone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, My food, this is cool, this is huge, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Jesus says that my hunger is satisfied by obeying my Father. See, it's my relationship with my Father that fuels my love for Him. And so, doing His work, man, that's, that's food for me. That, that, is, that is my nourishment. That is my power. That is my health. That is everything that fuels me. It's beautiful. My, my food is to, to please my Father, Jesus is saying. This is, this is what I do. Since I love my Father, I want to please Him. So doing what he wants me to do is a natural outpouring on my relationship with him, and that feeds me. That forms me. Man, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's what love has got to do with it. That's what love has got to do with it. 
You are what you eat. Here's the thing. My hunger, your hunger, spiritually talking, is not fueled by shoulds. I should be my Bible. I should go to church. I should worship more. I should witness more. I should do whatever makes me feel like a better Christian more. The shoulds are appetite suppressants. They're empty calories. And you will starve on them. If you live by shoulds, you will starve to death. Because they don't bring any life. They don't feed you. They might feed your ego. They might. But you will be starving yourself to death by living by the shoulds. We have a word for that. It's called legalism. See, the shoulds are really legalism. And, and we, we feel better by crossing off a list. Or we feel more guilty because we haven't crossed anything off the list. And we go back and forth. And that's why we're empty calories. That's why they don't, they don't fill us. And in a way, they inform us. But it's like eating just nothing but junk food. Sooner or later, that's what you look like. Yeah, out of that junk food. And that's why you're empty. Empty. Empty calories. So they'll starve us. We view our appetite by pursuing God in love. And what did God do to us? He chose us. So how do we gain an appetite for God? We choose Him. I choose Him over my own desires. I choose Him over my own dreams. I choose Him over everything in my life. I choose Him. And suddenly, I, I grow hungry for Him, for His ways, for His presence. It's, it's, a, it's a love thing, not, not a should thing. And hunger is all about love. There's something else to chew on. I love about hunger that hunger is an irritation. Hunger is an irritation. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. I think Father God is looking for hearts that are open so that He can come in and stir up this hunger. It's... Sending the Holy Spirit into our lives to, to stir up that hunger. Knowing the will that the Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus. And Jesus points to the Father. So the Father does this work. We don't do this work. We don't make ourselves hungry. You get hungry naturally, don't you? You don't make yourself hungry. I mean, I suppose you can look at a menu and you can get, you know, you can, you know, the you start salivating and all those kind of things. But you, you, you already had hunger. That's why you went to the diner in the first place. We don't make ourselves hungry. It's a natural byproduct of being a human being. It's the same with spiritual hunger. We don't make ourselves hungry. We really can't. Because our human nature is against that kind of stuff. So God stirs up our hunger. But when we choose Him, we participate in this. And, and, and it's a mutual thing that's going on. So uh, when we sense a tugging to be with him, to know him more, to study his word, to ask questions, to listen to the answers, 
It's the joy of the Holy Spirit. He is inviting us, stirring up hunger, and leading us to the only one who can fill us, who can form us. Hebrews 6, 5. It says, Who has tasted the goodness of the Word of God? Who has tasted the goodness of the Word of God? 1 Peter 2, 3. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. God is repeating this all the time. But taste and see. Taste and see. Taste and see. Taste and see. Because I don't know about you, but, but when I taste one cookie, I want another. There's very few cookies I don't like, so I can take another. It makes me hungry to taste and see. The more you taste, the more you want. Spiritual hunger is not something that we can stir up by ourselves. God invites us into this feast. It starts with Him. He chose us. We didn't choose Him. He chose us. And because He chose us, we can choose Him and be part of this great feast. John 6, says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. God produces his invitation over and over and over again. Isaiah 55, Come. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy, eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your labor for which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. And delight yourselves in rich food. That is quite an invitation right there. That's an awesome invitation. And Jesus says it, I won't read the whole chapter, but John 6, 26 to 35, I'll just read the end. It says, Jesus said to them, What? I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Awesome. So spiritual hunger, this, this hunger for God means accepting the invitation to come and, and dine with the Master. It, and allowing something else to control our appetite. This is really the key. Who has control over our appetite? What we feast on. Our hunger for God is fueled by love for God. And that means I love God first with everything I am. All my strength, all my heart, all my mind, all my spirit, everything that makes JJ, that's, that's what I'm, I am giving. This is, I'm giving this to God. He is, I am surrendering. I am offering it. I'm saying, you know, I'm going to love you with all this, all of me. All of me. Which means I love God more than my opinion. It means I love God more than my desires. This is a tough one for some people. Not anybody in this room. I love God more than my political party. Can I just say this? It's not a donkey. It's not an elephant. We worship a lion. And I would take my chance to do a lion or a donkey or even an elephant. <laughs> just like a lion and Judah. The same. I love God more than my country. I love America. I love being 
a citizen of the United States, but I am a citizen of God's kingdom first. And so are you, by the I love God more than my comfort. I love God more than my dreams. Now, this is... I've had a lot of dreams lost in the past several months. Things that Christine and I are really good together. Things that we dreamt about. I had to put that together. And I had to learn how to love God more than my dreams in this. This is huge. I love God more than my social media rates. What that? I love God for more than my ambitions. I love God more than my life. That's just a very short list that I started writing down. I, I suggest that would be a good exercise for you. Just, just write it out. I love God more than... I didn't put cookies down there because I'm still working on it. <laughs> no, I do love God. I do love God more than my cookies. You are what you eat. But feeds you, not only fills you, but forms you. So I, I think it's, you know, this is an exploration, you know, just uh, of, of what it means to, to be hungry. It's motivated by love. And I, and I want that to kind of be our mindset as we go into the other weeks. That remember, all these things that we'll talk about, because fasting, it's got to be motivated by love. That I love God when I love food. Any spiritual exercise, reading His Word, worship, fellowship, whatever it is, praying, it has to be motivated by love. Otherwise, it's just a list that we just cross off. And it means nothing, and it accomplishes nothing. And it just becomes a should. I should pray more because I haven't prayed in two days. No. You know what? I haven't prayed in two days. Let me connect with my father. So it's a different mindset. You know, oh man, I miss being with dad. I miss being with avocado. I, I miss it so much that, that I, I, I'm, I'm praying. And if it's 10 minutes or it's 10 hours, I don't care. I'm going to pray. Just, see, we don't. We don't set limits on it. We don't put limits on it. We don't put a timetable on it. It's simply wanting to be with the person that you love. More than anyone. It's always about love. Taste and see how good God is. Father, uh, thank you for, for speaking to us. I pray, Father, that we will hear your words in this. Whatever words that we need to forget and and just toss aside, I pray that you help us discern what to take in and what to not take in. We pray that you would stir the hunger for, for you in us. Holy Spirit, come and, 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 and make us hungry. Help us to taste and see and taste and see and taste and see how good you really are. And never get in... Never getting tired of tasting and seeing how good you I pray that you make us hungry. It's just like the disciples pray, you know, the Lord increase my faith, our faith. We pray, Lord, increase our hunger. Increase our hunger. Do this work for us. 
We surrender our will and our appetite to you. We surrender it all. It is yours. We want to be hungry for your will, your ways, your mission. And like our elder brother, we want to say, no, our food, um, that was that was we consume, that, that empowers us, all we has to be valuable. Help us to be like our elder brother is. I pray a blessing over my brothers and sisters here and, and the ones watching right now. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would bless them in their finances. That you would bless them in their health. That you would bless them in their relationships. And I pray, Father, no matter where we go this week, we will be hungry and we will serve Jesus wherever we go. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.